Well, I uh, am not known for the best sermon titles, all right? They usually sound something like um, Forgiveness Part 1 or Sin Part 666 or something like that. But this one, one of my better titles, I called it Reset Your Mindset. Reset Your Mindset. And it's from Romans 12, 1 and 2. Just two verses. Please turn to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans is a phenomenal book. I mean, when Paul wrote Romans, basically it's his statement of faith, his statement of doctrine. It was very carefully written. It wasn't just, it wasn't off the top of his head. This was calculated. The uh, structure is, is calculated. It's basically this, I believe. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. Chapters 1 through 8 basically are what God has done for us. Think about chapter 8, all the wonderful things that are in there. I mean, I can't help but think that at the end of 8, he was standing shouting hallelujah. I mean, all God did this, 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 this. Those phenomenal theological words in Romans 8, there are books written on just each word alone. That'll fill a library. I mean, it's phenomenally deep doctrine. But then Paul goes on to illustrate it in Hebraic form through pictures. Uh, the illustrations of, I'll show you what this is like, like this. So Romans 1 through 8, what God has done for us. Then Romans chapter 12 through 15 is what we are to do for him. Because he has done this for us, then the instructions are now we are to do this for him. So that's Romans 8 through 15, but there are, I mean, 12 through 15, 12 through 15. And then you say, yeah, but there's 16 chapters. Oh, yeah, 16 is kind of personal. He just says hi to all of his old friends. He really does, which is cool. Hi, so-and-so, 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 and making sure that no one was left out. So that's an interesting outline of Romans. What? 1 through 8 and 12 through... Oh, Romans 9, 10, and 11. Oh, yeah. Well, have you ever heard Raleigh Washington talk about this? What, what brought him into the movement was meeting with our execs about Romans 9, 10, and 11. And he calls it blank theology. And how true that is. A lot of people are educated in theological schools and Bible colleges and seminaries, and they get excited about Romans 8. And the verse I'm going to be talking about in a moment, Romans 12, 1 and 2, because that's the hinge word. But right in the middle of the book, it's like, Wait a minute. It's in the very center. The most important thing I have to say. Romans 9, 10, and 11. Raleigh said it was blank. They overlook it. They ignore it. What those chapters are about is the olive tree connection. It's, the subject is Israel, Jews, and non-Jews, and how it all works, and how Jews stay Jews and non-Jews stay non-Jews. But there's an olive tree with two kinds of branches. It all works, but the root, he, that great verse, Romans 11:18. remember that you do not, you who are not Jewish, like me, I'm not Jewish, remember you do not support the root. The root supports you. Roman, that's Romans 9, 10, and 11. So in Romans 12, uh, now to show you what another miracle might be today is this, that I have taught this uh, two different times, and it took a week. I was at a, 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 teen, a teen summer camp. We used these two verses. It's enough stuff here for a whole week for kids. And we're going to do it in, in about 25 minutes, okay? But it's probably one of the most significant passages in the entire Bible. Paul, uh, I hope, hope you've turned there. 
In fact, we made the kids memorize it. Good one to memorize. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. See, this is a to-do. This is what you do. It's a verb. You do something. That you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, Accept, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's verse 1. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and that perfect and that acceptable will of God. He's saying here, and the, the end of my sermon says this. People are saying, I want to know what God's will is for my life. That's a part of it. It says so right there. This is, if you do this, you, if you don't do this, the rest of God's will you won't know. This is, this is essential. It's essential. But it's maybe not so easy. Paul uses vivid word pictures. I love word pictures. To illustrate one of the most important concepts and teachings in Scripture. We'll look at some of the words. The word beseech. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Well, that word... It doesn't really sound like Paul. You know, if you think of his education experience, who he is, the apostle of apostles, the Pharisee of Pharisees, he's using a word that means I beg you, I plead with you. You know, I can't help but think, um, the book of Philemon, it's only one chapter, but Paul writes to Philemon and he, he gets to, he's, he's, he's putting some pressure on him, okay, to forgive. And so he says, you know, because of who I am, you know, the Apostle Paul, I could tell you, you will do this. But he said, I'm not going to do, do that. Okay, I'm just asking, will you please do this? That's what this is. There's not like the pressure because it has to be your choice and your decision. And he says, I plead with you. I plead with you. And the word, therefore... It's, this is the hinge word of the entire book of Romans. Because of all that God has done for us, therefore, we have this verse, and then all the rest after it. It's a, it's a hinge word that connects the two parts of, of, of Romans. Because of all God has done. And again, look at, later today, look at chapter 8, that list of the great theological words. He did all of those. We don't do any of those. He does it all. And this is what we are to do. First of all, we are to make a presentation, a presentation of ourselves. It's a sacrifice. We're to make a sacrifice of ourselves, all of ourselves. We are to offer ourselves to him. Now, you know, I'm sure you'll agree with that, but when you look at what he's saying here, it's really deep. It is really deep. Um, it's a very different kind of sacrifice. You know, we think of the temple and, and the book of Leviticus, all the different kinds of sacrifices and offerings and so on. This is quite different because it's way different in the sense that it's not a dead sacrifice. I have some really good news. I can't find a verse anywhere where Yeshua wants you to go out and die for him. But I have found a bunch of them that he wants you to go and live for him. And this is one of the big ones. You see, it would be really easy to die for him. We go out and, you know, it's like that. But to live for him takes investment of your entire life, your entire being, all that you are, all that you have. You see, the, the understanding is what I am and what I have is not because of me anyway. And when you think you have money, it's not 
your money. You are the steward that he's entrusted the money to. How are you going to use it? If I was you, I'd give some to that school. <laughs> I'm dead serious. That, that really touched me. Uh, you know, to be a part of that is amazing. It's a, it's, it's, it's a miracle. But the sacrifice is a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. He wants you to live for him. Um, he wants you to present, it says, your body. Present your body to him as a living sacrifice. In, in that concept of your entire being, this morning when, where's Joyce? We sang the Shema. Was that beautiful or what? That was touching and moving. But what this is, is doing the Shema. We, in, in the Shema, we say, you will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what this is. It's doing it. You present your entire being to him for service. Your, it says your body. God wants your body. What, 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 it could have said, well, present your spirit, your soul to him. Well, all that you are is in your body right now. Okay, all that you are is in your body. You can't separate them. And where you get in a lot of trouble is in your body. The sins of the, of the flesh. So it's kind of like if he has your body, he's got you. It's kind of like a pastor I heard once at a conference that said, if God has your wallet, he has you. Seriously. Seriously. If God has your body, have you presented your body? It might make a difference in how you live. See, when I challenge teens about this, they have a whole life ahead of them. They're faced with temptations that are way more than we had when I was a teen. In fact, this verse, this uh, teaching is timely for what's happening in, in the world around us because the values and standards of this book do not change. They do not change. But I can't believe the values that are changing around us all the time. I mean, um, there's not time to go into it, but um, in every area, I mean, I, I chuckle a little bit. I get angry when I'm watching a certain television channel and, and they show clips of, of famous politicians that you, know, that you know who they are, okay? And they say things like, and I quote, I believe a definition of marriage is between a man and a woman. And then one year later, they get up and they say, you know, I don't believe that anymore. I believe this. That, you know, and they go where the votes are. These are not people of integrity, Where's their conviction? Where's their values? It changes all the time. It changes all the time. That book does not change. And uh, in fact, as we get toward the end of this message, you'll see that, that be- because of that and because of who we're called to be, we're going to be standing out in the crowd. We're going to be very different than the world around us. And that's God's plan and God's will. And it's not going to be easy. But is, of, the, of the standards, are God's standards your standards? That's the call. That's the call. All that you are is in your body. Well, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. That word holy means set apart. We are to be different. Look at the history of the Jewish people. Part of the problems have been people don't like us because we're different. We have a different calendar. We eat different. We have a different day of this and different holidays and that. We're, we're, diff- we're supposed to be different because we're supposed to be reflecting in all those things God and who he is and, and the calling of our life. We're not to blend in with the world around us. We're to set, be set apart and stand upon his word. Holy, set apart to God from the world. I beseech you, therefore, our brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable means it's a logical thing to do, but the word service 
What, what do we call this? It's a service. Why do we call it that? That word means worship. What you In presenting your entire being to him, it's an act of worship. God says, you know, there's an act of worship I want you to do. It involves a sacrifice, an offering. It's you. Present yourself to me. And it's your reasonable, logical, Romans 1 through 8, because of all that stuff, I want to present you to present yourself to me as an act of worship for serving. You know, serving is worship. Uh, Shamashim are worshiping when they clean up. Okay, that's a, that's, that's a part of it. Part of it. Well, that's verse 1. It's an act of worship. So verse 2, we have do's and don'ts. And some are quite vivid in the illustrations. First, don't. Don't be conformed to the world around us. Do not be conformed to this world. That's the problem today. Okay, that's the problem. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be a conformist. Do not be a conformist. It's, why do people do that? It's easy. Be, because if you're a non-conformist, and you, you, uh, if you conform to the world life gets easier because people aren't going to ridicule you or make fun of you. But they are now. If you stand with, by God's word and his values and his standards, they're, they're going to call you all kinds of things. Yeshua talked about that. Don't be a conformist to the world, its values, its standards, its lifestyle. That's ever-changing. And the lifestyle is moving into sin. And we need to call it for what it is. Those things are wrong. Those things are sin. God is very clear. This is sin. So, the definition of the word world. Do not be conformed to the world. Paul uses words that people would have instantly understood. That word world means this. Here's the definition. A godless, boy, this sounds, a godless system in opposing, in opposition rather, to God, his values, his standards. That's what the word world means. Now, who's in charge of that system? The prince of this world, right? Well, we are not to conform to this world, to that system, to another set of values. Boy, this kind of sounds like a Hanukkah message, doesn't it? The conforming, the problem of where we need the Maccabees, okay, today, all right? But there's another set of values out there that people are conforming to. That lifestyle, it's a different worldview, a Hebraic worldview, a biblical worldview, is different from what is being taught in our public schools and on our televisions, in the movies that are out. There's not too many movies I can go to, to be honest with you. I mean, you, you take a look at what movies or TV shows used to be and what they are now, and uh, that shows you the, the change in lifestyle that's okay and acceptable. And they ridicule us. They ridicule us. We are not to be like everybody else. Simple as that. We are not to blend in. You know, in the Roman world, uh, they had a, a, a picture of this blending in. All right? Uh, and they use words that are, that, that are these same exact words that Paul uses to teach it. They, it was about a chameleon, lizard. About a lizard. The chameleon. Conforming, the picture was like a chameleon. You take a chameleon, you put it on the, the chair, it turns brown. If you, you, you put it up here, it gets, gets darker brown. It, it changes colors depending on where it is. 
And that's what they're talking about. Don't be th that. You know, be who you have been called to be. Don't just blend in wherever you are and be like whoever you're with. The chameleon blends in. We're to stand out. We're called to holiness. That doesn't mean to be a pious monk in a cave. That means you are called to be set apart to God and live a lifestyle that he taught. We're to be doers of his word, not conformers to this world. Now, the Romans invented this term. You have heard it. Maybe you've used it. But the Romans coined this phrase, when in Rome do as the Romans do. Oh, yeah? Let's just change it a bit. How's this sound now? When in Sodom, do as the Sodomites do. Now, when you say, when in, that's kind of what you're saying. Wherever you are, be like them. No, that's the opposite teaching of the Bible. And when in San Francisco, never mind. <clears throat> Conforming is nothing more than assimilation. Be who you are. <laughs> be who you are. How do you define yourself? Don't let somebody else define you. You define yourself. Jews are called to be different. Believers, Jew or Gentile, are called to be different. Paul would have said something like, when in Rome, do what Yeshua said. <laughs> <All right. laughs> got him in trouble, got him in prison a few times, got him killed. Might happen to you too. But you know what? I'm, I'd rather die doing the right stuff than blend in and survive. And You know what I mean. What this is, it's a picture of a paradigm shift, a different way of thinking, a different way of behaving, a radical change. Yeshua said, my kingdom is not of this world, not anything like this world. There's a big, big difference. We're called to be a part of his kingdom. Do not conform, but be transformed. That's the next big word. This transformation. That's a Greek word. I love these word studies. The Greek word is metamorphosized. You hear the word in there? Metamorphosis? What is metamorphosis? In about the third grade, we all went out and, and got uh, caterpillars. We got a jar and some leaves and, and poked holes in the top, right? You did that, right? Did you th I did that in the third grade. Put the lid on and stuck it up in the window. And we watched that caterpillar. And you know what? That is a miracle to me still. And I don't think they know how it works still, okay? But the caterpillar, he, he, he gets in this cocoon. And we watch it, and, and then one day it opens up, and something comes out that doesn't even resemble what went in. It is so radically different. That's the word. When God calls us to be transformed, it's that kind of a change. When you're a brand new believer, that's what he's expecting of you, of you to be transformed. But, but look, at the, look what it is. You're an, an ugly worm, pardon me, who lived in the dirt. And what God says, what I want you to be is a beautiful butterfly, colorful, beautiful. You have wings. That worm didn't have any wings. And you can fly. See, that, that's what God wants. And, and fly high, and I'll tell you why in a few minutes. Well, I'll tell you right now. What a, what a lizard's... Don't be a lizard, right? That was the title for the teens. Don't be a lizard. Conformist. What do lizards like to eat when they're long-tongued? They like butterflies. And again, the picture is, don't, don't fly low. Don't come close to the world. Because the enemy wants to reach out and get you. Don't flirt with the world. Don't come close. Fly high. Be who you are. 
Be who you're called to be, not to conform. That's a, that word trans, transformation, be transformed, is the same word in, uh, in Matthew 17 where Yeshua was transfigured. A radical change. A radical change. That's what God calls us to be. Radically different from the world around us. Radically different from who we used to be. From who we used to be. It's pretty amazing when you hear people's testimonies. I can I can still recall the the first uh, class reunion I went to with with Susan. Um, uh, she was not a believer when she was in high school, and so uh, at the twentieth uh, reunion, that, that was their first one. There are there are people coming up to her and saying, "You know, what do you say? You say, so what? What are you doing? Well, I'm a pastor's wife, and I remember standing there, and they would say, "You know what?" Would you say that again? This one lady kept saying, now, now what do you do again? Say that again? A pastor's wife? It was like there was this total disconnect from who she was to who she is. I never knew who she was. I met her just after she became a believer because I would not have been interested in that other person, believer. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. But the transformed version was really not nice. <laughs> and she still is. But you see, they, couldn't under- they, they saw the difference. Do people see the difference in you, I hope? Uh, so God calls us to be transformed, transformed into the beautiful butterfly. This uh, miracle, that's you, a miracle, by the way. How does it happen? Well, that goes back to my title. The, Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Okay, here we are. That's how it's done. What does that mean? Well, I called it a reset of your mindset. Your mind needs a reset. It's a different way of thinking. Uh, a new way of thinking. A new way of living. A new way of life. God's values, God's standards, His teachings. It's interesting when brand new believers start reading their Bible, they, sometimes they're not aware that what they're doing is sin. And they see that and they go, I better not do that anymore. God, God, that's right, that's right. In His grace, sometimes He, he doesn't pour it all out at one time. We, we learn as we grow. But you can be the example to a new believer by how you live. Don't condemn some of their shortcomings, all right? But at, at the same time, don't, don't accept it as okay. They will ask you your opinion. Give your opinion by how you live your life in front of them. That reset of a mindset is it means there's a different worldview, a biblical worldview, a Hebraic worldview, a paradigm shift in how we think. How we think. How we think determines what we do. How we think. Proverbs. 23.7, you know the verse, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he in his heart. The Hebraic concept of thinking is not with your brain. That was Greek. From a biblical view, a Hebraic view, worldview, you think with your heart, not with this up here. Now th- think about that for a second. If you think with your heart, maybe you will have more mercy more forgiveness. You know, when you think here, but what about uh, doing to others as you would have them doing to you? It's not so black and white all the time. And add a lot of grace to all that like God has for you. So think with your heart. Think with your heart. Godly thinking. Godly thinking. See, the battle is for your mind. Satan wants your mind. 
Okay, give the Lord your heart, and he will have your mind as well. Some more words. That you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. The word prove simply means practice in daily life. You are to, if, if this is you, then live like who you say you are. You know, people say, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a Messianic Jew. I'm a Christian. And, and sure, there are some verses that say, well, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I say? And the tragic thing is that some people don't know what he said. Or they might do it. I guess I would say read the book. I would re- re- read the book. Um, I went to Biola in the Talbot Seminary. Biola still sends me their magazines. And a few months back, there was the cover article said the tragic, the tragedy in evangelical churches is that the people don't know what the Bible says. They do all these other things. They're fun and lively and this and they're funny and there's jokes, but people don't know what the scriptures teach. How sad. How sad. You know, we are all called to be Bible scholars, to know that book, because uh, especially in sharing with Jewish people, how many times, I can't tell you how many times, I'm sharing with a a Jewish person, and what they will say to me is, well, that's, that's in the New Testament. I say, no, it's not. It's in Isaiah. They say, it is not. And you show them, it's in Isaiah. And they go, it is? Oh, I better write that down. But see, you better know what Isaiah said, so you can say that. We need to all be students of the Scriptures, not to read books so much about what, what uh, the book of Romans is about, but read the book of Romans. Read the book of Romans. It's like the public schools teach. Uh, so many people um, teach about what George Washington said. Just look at what he said. Use his, his sayings. His, the doc, they're there. What did he say? And you find it's not what they're teaching, by the way. Uh, he was a man of prayer. Of prayer. <laughs> that you may prove, practice in your daily life, that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. That word perfect means complete. The complete will of God is that you start right here in presenting to him all that you are, your entire being, doing the Shema. That's his will for you. That is his will for you. Present all that you are. His will is that you live for him, not that you die for him, that you worship him, and that you are transformed, and that you don't blend in. You don't blend in. That you are not the lizard, the chameleon, but you're the butterfly. Butterflies are beautiful. And a miracle made them that way, that transformation. And how many of you know people that you can see that in? I once was lost, but now I'm fine. I was blind, but now I see. That, he's in the business. By the way, he does that. He does the transforming. We don't do it. But how does he do it? When we present our bodies a living sacrifice, he begins the transformation process. And fly high, butterfly, because those lizards are out to get you. And don't get close. Don't flirt with sin. Stay away from anything that would be... The Bible, the Bible says all appearance of evil. All appearance of evil. All right? So you be the example. And this is something that you do. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you do this, that you do this. It's the will of God that you do this. I think in, what God is wanting is simply 
for us to say, okay, I've, I've heard this, and our response would be, Hineni, here am I, okay? Here am I. You know, I did that, and I was sorry I did that. What I was sorry about was I didn't do it sooner because I, I missed years in my life I could have been serving him. Don't put it off. I've never heard the testimony of somebody saying, you know, that once I did this, life was a real bummer after that. No, I've never heard that one. But I've heard a lot like what Cookie said. Let me tell you the miracles that happened in my life. It's a, Jewish people are a living testimony to the existence of God, okay? Because he does miracles for Jewish people all the time. Pray that their eyes are open that they might see that. What Isaiah said, we need to say, here am I send me. This is something you do. It's a beginning point. Now, as I end, I didn't get this cleared by the elders. All right? You like, you like that part already. I can say, I can tell. But I'm going to take an offering. Ushers, don't get up. It's not money. It's you. Now, I'm not going to tell a sad story. We're not going to dim the lights. I'm not going to light candles. I'm not going to stretch it out until, you know, I'm not even going to have you come forward because it's an intellectual decision. You make a, a choice, a decision. But I'd like you to have the opportunity to make it. That you can look back and say, I gave everything I had to him on this date. Let's all stand. I just want to take a moment of silence. This is between you and the Lord. If you've never presented your entire being to him, it's an act of worship for service. You might want to think about doing it right now. Because if you do that, that word transformed will happen to you. And you will go from being the worm to the butterfly. And never go back to being the lizards. Don't blend in. Stand out. Stand out. The world, It's going to be easy. Because the the stuff that's here is going to be against the law pretty soon. Seriously, they're making laws against us. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's be quiet for one minute. Lord, I thank you that people that have made this decision and presented their entire being to you for service and for worship, I've never heard a testimony of regret, only of the miracles that followed. You have the ability to change a worm into a butterfly. Thank you for your creativity and your plan for us. And, and this paradigm shift we've, we've called to be a part of, to be doers of the word, not of the world. May we represent you well. Paul said we're called to be ambassadors of the Messiah. We are to represent him. Lord, I pray that we would do it accurately. When people say, why do you do this or why don't you do that, we would have an answer for them that's biblical. That we would incorporate into our entire being biblical values, biblical standards, a Hebrew mindset, The devil wants our minds. Lord, we give you our hearts. Use us for your glory. I pray that you would bring healing to Larry this morning.
And Lord, I pray that this room would be full of butterflies. And we would fly high and there would be happiness in knowing that we are in God's will. Lord, I pray that you would bless Cookie and this school. What a miracle this school is. I heard that couldn't be done. It is. Is anything too hard for you? With God, all things are possible. I'd like you right now to bring your impossible prayer requests up before him. Those that inside of you and from the mouth of others would say that can't happen. I think it can. Lord, I pray that what is being thought and said in people's hearts now, you would do quickly. From your mercy, from your love, you would answer these prayers. Bless this school. Bless Cookie. I thank you for your provision for her. May, may you bless her tenfold. Thank you for your word that gives us direction and for your instructions that teach us how to live and for your son who forgives us of sin. Sing with me. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom. In the name of the Prince of Peace, go in peace. Amen. Bless you. Thanks.